Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. All right, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host, Chris Flaming, and today I have the great honor of bringing Taylor Collins to the show. Now, she's not only running a great business by helping people have a better life, she's also a champion for bringing up women in the insurance and financial services industry. She does all this while managing motherhood and keeping her business partner and father on task, which is no small feat. So Taylor, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This this should be a lot of fun. Yes, it will be. So you have um, kind of an interesting history with how you came to be where you are now. So can you take us through that and then how you gravitated towards your current career? So it is interesting, but at the same time, it actually happens to a lot of insurance agencies. I went to Florida State because I wasn't allowed to go anywhere else and went in undecided, didn't know what I wanted to do and just took some business classes. And my father uh, started his agency, so it's now 50 years old. And I thought, oh, I'll try insurance. And I ended up loving it. It came easy to me. It, it was powerful. It was important. And as I learned more about it, I got more interested in it. And then I'm a traveler. I love to travel. And so I found that Florida State has an amazing international program in, in London. And mm. I uh, was able to get an internship with our with my dad's high risk broker at Lloyd's of London. So that was a, an incredible experience, kind of seeing from the ground floor, the oldest insurance market in the world, yeah. how it's still a handshake deal, despite all the technology available to us now. So that was incredible. And, and I came back, I was going to work for another agency. I worked for a few uh, large organizations, but the recession hit. And so the real estate won and in 2006-ish, seven. So I joined dad for a little while and it ended up working out. And here we are 14 years later. I bought it in full in 2019. Okay. Uh, so he's kind of on a glide path and bring yeah. me on fun, creative solutions. <laughs> but for the most part, I get to run the show. So. You're running the show. Awesome. Congratulations. So you said that it had been, it's been 14 years from when you came on and up to where you are now. So is there something that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started? If you could go back and tell the you 14 years ago? I don't know. I never like to think that I should mm-hmm. change fast because it kind of really shapes and forms you. I was yeah. thinking last night. I graduated early from Florida State and I wish I kind of had that extra semester. I was okay. There. We rushed to get out. Right, right. Well, our football team was just terrible. So yeah, right. It was time to go. Yeah, I don't try and take myself too seriously, and I feel like everything happens for a reason. So how I fell into this and and how much I love it, that probably just it really helped kind of form into my career right now. Yeah. 
I like what you said there. I like that attitude where you take what you do seriously, but you don't take yourself too seriously, right? And uh, a lot of people would heed that advice would probably be a lot better off if we were take ourselves a little less seriously. So is, is there a simple way that you describe or explain why adults should have a comprehensive protection or an insurance plan for their lives? The way we're, we like to be a piece of the planning. Mm -hmm. We never should be the end all. We are huge fans of having a team of advisors for your family planning, for retirement, for any kind of investment. Insurance is never an investment, but it is a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it can help supplement a lot of the things that your estate planner is doing, your Mm -hmm. CPA tax planning is doing, your financial advisor, Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully at LPS is doing. We always want to be a part of the team because we can kind of help move the pieces around to make sure that, you know, if the unthinkable happens, you're ready, you have a plan, you don't have to worry. Our biggest program is disability insurance. It's Mm, not a but you think you have this investment plan and you have this retirement goal and well, what happens if you can't earn an income? You're the, you're the captain of the ship. You're the driver. All the pieces fall apart if right. you don't have duration. So yeah. that's kind of the way we think. We like to work with CPAs. We like to work with other advisors just to help and, and help kind of put the plan together and, and make a comprehensive program. Yeah. And those blind spots are so important. It's uh, surprising to me that people forget that concept that without an income, without protection on that income, without the ability to earn that income, none of those other things are going to happen because you don't have the fuel to, to add to that in order to drive those results. So what do you like best about your business right now? I love getting up every day and not knowing where the day is going to always take me. (laughs) The best part about my job is I get to go and talk to people and see how we might be able to help. It's a conversation. It's finding out what is important to families, to professionals, uh, physicians, and and trying to to find that right fit with Mm -hmm. their overall plan. But having the conversation is the most fun because you get to talk about something, learn from about you and there's always people out there that are smarter than you. So you always get to constantly learn. Yeah. And what it really boils down to, I guess, is it's, it's about the relationship and the human side of it and making those connections. So even being separated with the pandemic, that's still really important, even yeah. though a lot of it is now virtual where we're talking through screens. Yeah, it's good and bad. I've got a lot of clients in Seattle and yeah. having the Zoom conversation is really helpful to them to make sure that, okay, that's one piece that I don't have to worry about. Now they can go homeschool their kids and try and and be a physician at the same time. So what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about your industry or your line of work? That it's expensive. I think a lot of people can't afford it. And it's life insurance, disability insurance has been around for over a hundred years. Very old school in some senses. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in a lot of ways, we stand the test of time. We show up when the unthinkable happens still to this day. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of people think it's expensive, it's tedious, but I try and help them through the process. And sometimes it is tedious, but having a good partner and a good advisor, I think should help alleviate a lot of that fear. Yeah. And I think anybody in any stage in life with any budget, if they have some financial means, there is an affordable product or a plan that can get them to the protection or some level of protection that they might need in case of the unthinkable. And having something is better than nothing. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. I 
rather have you protect your family, protect your income and plan for the unthinkable, even the tiniest bit, because you'll be way better off in the long run. Yeah. I know that you deal in a lot of different lines of coverages. I know you have your favorites and ones that you specialize in, but what do you see in the landscape as being the toughest insurance market right now to navigate with clients who need coverage? Just with either the premiums always changing or the laws changing or that type of thing. What's the toughest you know, sector or area that you see? So our focus is benefits mm-hmm. for individuals and small groups. I don't do any property, yep. unless I do. Right. <laughs> animal, but uh, so our focus is that we do a lot of life, health, disability, long-term care, and then mm-hmm. just part of the planning process. So I think the biggest challenge within the industry is the life insurance aspect is the one that's changing the most right now. Okay. The estate tax changes that are coming mm-hmm. down the plate with the new administration. The estate tax is already going to sunset in twenty twenty six. I think January first. Um, and we don't really know where that's going to go. And at the same time, then we had the IRS tax change 7702, and that's going to change some of our life insurance illustrations to the good. It's, it's mm-hmm. a good thing, but it, you know, change, change is the only constant in life. And, right. and then long-term care insurance. So that's something, obviously the working population is getting older and mm-hmm. have different needs and plans. For retirement, it, it, I feel like retirement is going to look a lot different for our generation than it prior. As you know, as you know, you probably could talk way more about that. But long-term care insurance, not having to be a burden on family members. One client put it very well, and I thought it was fascinating. I hadn't thought about this, but she works in healthcare, and she said just having a little bit of long-term care insurance is like a foot in the door to whatever facility you would want to be in. Mm. A lot of facilities are saying. You know, unless you're on Medicaid or you have a policy, mm-hmm. case, they aren't sure they're going to get paid. So right. that peace of mind to the family members, to the children, to the spouses, specifically females down the road. And I think that once someone can grasp the concept of what you said, which is changing constant, is constant. The way we look at it is the fact that things are uncertain is a certainty. And will always be a certainty. So the quicker we can grasp that, then we can start to make some decisions about things that could happen. So are there common blind spots that people have uh, that you work with? A common blind spot would be something they don't really see. It's not in their rearview mirror or in the side mirror that you need to bring up to them when it comes to protection. Oh, you know our our thoughts on that. So uh, we do a lot of professionals and everybody thinks group disability covers them in full if they got disabled. And for some of the higher earners or uh, depending on the type of contract with the employer, there's a lot of gaps that we see. That's Mm. usually the first thing we see. Everybody thinks, again, about life insurance. It's usually cheap. You see the commercials for it. Disability insurance, man, you're around to reap that issue and not having an income disrupts your entire household, not only currently, but also Mm -hmm. down the road in retirement. And Taylor, could you briefly describe, you know, you talked about that gap with disability with group coverage. So describe typically what what that looks like, you know, um, just on a high level. So group disability generally covers about 50 or 60% of your income. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's salary only, base income, up to a certain cap. And that's where people get tripped up. Everybody hears the percentage and then forgets to look at what the cap is. And that's 
five, ten, or fifteen thousand. So depending mm-hmm. on where your income falls, you know, you could not be at fifty or sixty percent of your income. Right. Right. And then of course, if the employer is paying for it, which is a great benefit, and we highly recommend them, if you got disabled, the benefit would be taxable to you. Yeah. So if you think about if you only have your base salary, not your production, not your commission, mm-hmm. or any other bonus that you would receive, and then you take the taxes out of that depending on your tax bracket, you really could be looking at 20 to 30% of your income covered. And then we have to ask the question, okay, is that enough to live on? Could we be comfortable? Could your kids stay in school? Could mama stay at home still or dad? So the the group coverage is just like a starting point. And then you really need to evaluate that and look at it from there to see if it would be enough. And if in a lot of cases, it's not. Yeah. Because as you and I know, a lot of times people raise their standard of living as their incomes go up, it's on 110% of their means. And they don't, re- don't, they don't revisit their, their protections when they do that. They just yeah. did it when and they first started their job and then they forgot about it. And incomes are starting to creep up. So my favorite thing to look at is, is you know, physician, the physician market for disability, you know, they see, physicians see every day an accident, an illness, and disability insurance. But when I'm starting to see care professionals of CRNAs, PAs, AMP or APRNs, their incomes are straight up as they continue to submit positions in their practices. Mm-hmm. And so they oftentimes don't looking at the group disability or having their own coverage and they're finding wider and wider gaps. So it's just something to look at with your advisor or at trust. <laughs> and I see that too with people. That's a big gap, especially with your high earners or professionals where they think that they've got all of that covered. So that leads me to, to think, um, can you think of a client experience you had recently, some problems they were facing, um, an experience that was most satisfying to you where you really solved a problem or an issue for them? Maybe it was a blind spot, but maybe it was just something they needed assistance with. How were you were able to help and improve their life? I have a couple, actually. I was thinking about this. Okay. One of the, con- we do some executive benefits planning. So mm-hmm. when these contracts are coming up for renewal and they want to review kind of what their ask may be, you know, you go through the retirement plans, you go through the bonus schemes and other insurance opportunities and things like that. But one of my favorite, you know, the catch-all question is, what haven't I asked you that I should know about? And after an hour and a half meetings, he explains that he has a special needs grandchild mm. that is the provider for. Yeah. So the whole planning that I started to formulate because it meant something to him to make sure that that grandchild was taken care of financially. There was a way for us to integrate the executive benefits that he was going to be offered mm-hmm. into forming that plan. Mm-hmm. So it was win-win. The employer got to feel good about mm-hmm. making sure that it felt good. And then, of course, the special needs child was taken care of. So that yeah. was kind of a really fun one that people don't often think about to ask. And then my other is a claim that's still ongoing. He was a cardiologist. He was fairly young, had enrolled in just about all the disability he could get. His father was a huge proponent for whole life insurance. So we did a great plan for that with a waiver premium on there. And 10 years later, the cardiologist got cardiomyopathy with a heart transplant. Mm. And at 40, he was 48 and he has four kids. We were adopted. One was special needs. And um, I think his wife told me that with all the disability benefits coming in and the life insurance, the whole life insurance being on premium of waiver, he said that they paid off their house while he was in the ICU. 
as they could. They have the yeah. cash. In. They're still comfortable to this day. He'll never work again, but he's, you know, good spirits really, really. Yeah. really but that was just one. I'm very grateful that he included me in the claims process because sometimes we don't always get to see it. We really worked with him and made try to make the process easy because, of course, you know, when you're dealing with somebody in the ICU, that's the last thing you want to be thinking yeah, about. Right. Paperwork. So that's um, great. Yeah, very, very grateful. And I follow up with him every year. We send Easter and Christmas cards to each other. And nice. he will be able to, you know, retire early very well yeah. and grateful be comfortable in the four kids. Now we're yeah. doing something on the wife to make sure that should anything happen to her, the family's yeah. covered. That's now. a I mean, that's a big deal. That's I mean, impacted the whole trajectory of their life and their family and everything. Because that not protected, that could have completely gone the other way. And it's the, the sad stories that you hear about. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. I'm going to ask some questions about you. All right. So I'm curious what your, can you think of your first memory or experience with money? Well, there used to be a bank in town here that would allow children at age 12 to have okay. a little savings account. And you had okay. a little book and they would print out the I guess the debits and credit in the book for you. Yeah. So my my parents would always they opened one up for us with some allowance, and um, we didn't start too early. I mean everybody's talking about starting really really early. There's these programs now. Yeah, I have a five year old, and he's not quite getting it yet. So a little right. early. Plenty of time. Yeah, but you know I I babysat. I wasn't really allowed to have a job because my parents always thought school academics is your job. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the focus. So babys- I babysat a lot when we went in there. And then when we went to college, that was an interesting experience because we also didn't talk about many, I mean, even despite even what my dad does, it was expected to go to college. And again, Florida State, thankfully was in-state. <laughs> Florida yeah. right was amazing. The only one that was allowed to go outside of Florida State was my baby sister who went to West Point. Okay. Make an exception. Yeah, we'll accept that one. But my grandmother had left the money in a mutual fund account for us for college. And that was very kind. And thankfully, my academics paid off and got scholarships and things. So, But at that point, then I was really put in charge and learned a lot. (laughs) Right. Trial by fire. Yeah. You got to figure it out. Yeah. But the conversations, I I agree, should start (laughs) early. I just don't know if I've... Each five is the time to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean, take it from me. You got plenty of time. So you're good if you have started <laughs> you at five. Have, you have way more than one. <laughs> but it's, and you, you got to cut yourself some slack. So anybody who's a parent, you know, it's more than no kids. So yeah, you oh. got plenty of time. So do, can you think of any experiences either personally or maybe in business that has made you very aware of the positive or the negative impact of money? I hope I'm going to answer this question appropriately. I'm a woman business owner in the insurance industry, which is kind of not heard of. There's not too many of us. Right. Um, In our own local community, I I keep looking for them. And there's a few, which is great. And rising tide lifts all boats. So if we all can kind of be collegial and professional, um, the whole industry will elevate. Definitely what I believe. So, but being a woman in this industry and um, knowing that I wanted to start a family with my husband, my husband's an engineer, um, obviously those conversations took place in terms of money uh, right. because being a business owner, it's not always a steady paycheck or it's right. not always a, a given that you will survive, you have a risk to it. Yes. And 
my favorite, my, I went to a Christmas party one time and one of the owner's wives who was stay at home, which is also an amazing feat. I was pregnant with my son and she said, oh, what do you do? And I said, oh, I own an insurance agency in town. And, and she goes, oh, so you're, you're the owner. So you can take off whatever time you want. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not really how it works. Right. <laughs> I could, yeah, sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. Yes, but yeah, like you said, there are, there is a lot of flexibility. So I can yeah. be which is really nice. I don't know if that answers your question specifically, but it might also help migrate into the next question I imagine you're going to ask. Yeah. Well, and along those lines, I'm curious, what have been some of the positives and also challenges of being involved in a family-run business, right? So you told me, you know, I know that you have now fully taken over as of 2019, which is still pretty fresh. So what were some of those positives and I won't call them negatives, we'll call them challenges, of yeah. being involved in a family-run business. Yeah, that's a challenge is definitely the right word for it. <laughs> we are very blessed. And I know that, you know, family transitions don't always go as, as neatly as you would like. Right. We've helped actually a lot of those transitions doing mm-hmm. some of the insurance work that helps fund those buy cells in family businesses. And um, we're very, very blessed. We trust each other implicitly. We would never harm one another. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, our lawyer said... <laughs> He's like, I've never had a buyer try and give more money to the seller and the seller right. give them a bigger discount. And right, right. Really funny because I definitely wanted to earn it and pay for it appropriately. Yeah. And he, of course, wanted to take care of his baby girl. So, but I will say that it's a grief process, especially with for the retiring parent. And then, of course, I'm excited to take the reins and I have a strategic plan. And it is challenging uh, to have the person kind of slowing down and then having the other person ramp up. And that's what we found was we each had different goals and mm-hmm. we had we ended up just kind of going stagnant for a year or two until mm-hmm. we realized, you know, it, it's time. We needed to migrate the business over to me so that the future can, can happen. So yeah. we'd go through the grief process and thankfully given what we do, we're very understanding of that. And I think we came out the other side pretty well. He, now he likes to go to the spring training games and right. <laughs> about getting to the office by eight o'clock and right. he's still having a check come in. So right. yeah, he's living the dream as we say here in Florida. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> complicated clients or if he has clients that he likes to work with, you know, right. can, or if I need him, I know that he'll always be there. So far run away, there's more positives. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, All right. It doesn't always happen that way. We're, yeah. we're very- we wanted to get that on record. So what would you say is your biggest life accomplishment so far? So this could be personally or professionally or both. What do you feel like? A lot. My son is, he's amazing. He is the apple of my eye. He's a happy, happy, healthy boy, thankfully. So um, that's one of my biggest accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buying the business is a huge accomplishment and doing it successfully, I think. And then I got my SEED designation, which is a two-year program through the Wharton Business School. And it's uh, pretty challenging. Um, It has a lot of the executive benefit work that we do. It has some gravitas to it. But there was some retirement modules, which probably would have done amazing on. And I got bored to tears. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we all have our interests, things that we're into. 
Yes. Right? Stuff that so gets I'll us. I'll stick with my niche. <laughs> Stay in your lane, bro. Yes. Stay in your yeah, lane. But I have to know about them. So I'm fairly interested. <laughs> yeah, you have to have background knowledge. So if you were given the time and the opportunity with no restrictions, what do you think is something that you would splurge on? So would it be an experience? Would it be a thing? What do you think would be your, your splurge? I love to travel. Definitely hop on a cruise, hop on a plane, wherever the world, wherever right, they, where, I'm so ready for cruises to start back up. Well, and then, wherever, wherever you're allowed to go presently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My husband's from England. And so we usually go over once a year, once or twice a year. And obviously that's been um, put on hold. Right. So I think that would be my first splurge. Now I would go first class, but right. that, that would be my splurge. <laughs> Okay. If Taylor wasn't doing what she's doing now, then what do you think you would be doing instead? So did you have something like in high school or junior high or I don't know, even college, like, I think I want to do this or be this. And you maybe you didn't, but. It's funny. I'm thinking that that might be my second career when I semi-retire. Okay. Um, Yeah. I would love to be an elementary school teacher. I've always been which actually plays a lot into uh, what we do in general. I mean, yeah. Leading our clients and helping them understand our world is uh, something we do constantly. So I, I'm doing it now, just on a different level. I right. just would love to help support the next generation as well. So I think that would be my yeah. second career, something I would have done. Well, and maybe did. the kids in elementary school would be more compliant than the adults. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone yeah. has an opinion. So yes. at that age, they are, want to be uh, obedient or they want to please their teacher. Yeah, whereas yeah. if I was a hero, you could do no wrong. <laughs> That's right. Is there a unique or interesting fact about you that very few people know? I played basketball since I was five years old. Okay. What position were you? I was, I think I ended at high school at a power forward. Okay. I cannot jump. I cannot run fast. I cannot (laughs) uh, shoot the ball as accurately as others, but I am tenacious and persistent. So I had that going for me. Do you still watch basketball or or not? I never liked watching it. Okay. It's so boring to watch. Especially with the, you know, I mean, I think the women's professional is probably a little bit more fun, but. Yeah. I enjoyed the plays and right. the execution of the plays because when that happened, it was easy. Yeah. If it didn't, it all went to chaos. Right. So yeah, I enjoyed that aspect of it. But no, my grandmother actually played in her high school in New York, obviously a lot wow. than we play now, but in the 20s. Yeah. Wow. So one of the best gifts I've <clears throat> ever received was she got a, a good Christian sportsmanship pin back in high school. Okay. My parents turned it into a necklace and engraved from Helen Tollerton to Taylor yeah. Tollerton on a certain and my graduation date. And that was just very cool that I got to to follow and put stuff. Yeah. You probably got that in a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there is there a way that you stay in your industry, things are changing all the time. You have to stay up on laws that change, um, companies change, rates change. So how do you kind of stay on the cutting edge of your industry? I love getting involved in our industry associations. I think okay. they're, you know, when we band together, we're pretty powerful. And most of what we do is really in our clients' best interest. It's just fascinating. When I started, even just 14 years ago, life insurance applications were 20 pages long. Yeah. 
they asked a lot of pertinent questions. Um, and then of course there were the disclosures. Now they're 60 pages long. Yeah. And full disclosures. So it's you ask the client if they're reading this, then they so, you know, Chris, you're probably the only one of your clients that's read a prospectus. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're just the increasing regulation and liability and compliances and um, is frustrating. And so yeah. we want to be part of that conversation to help the uh, lawmakers realize what is the actual thing they want to accomplish. Not right. just that piece of paper for the client to sign, but actually helping the client understand why they're doing this, making sure it's in their best interest. Mm. Of course, the ones that are, you know, that don't follow the rules are ruining it for the rest of us because mm-hmm. we are trying, but I feel it's hurting our clients a little bit more because instead of having a meaningful conversation, we're just having to have them sign 20 pages of disclosure. Yeah. And there's so, that crazy correlation between the length of the document and the propensity of the person to read it. Right. (laughs) So uh, I have a few clients, but most of them, you know, thankfully they trust me to to have done what's in their best interest. And it's important. I'm an independent agent. I like to offer any carrier that the client needs rather than pinching pigeonholing into a certain carrier product. And I think that's changing. It's we're fewer and fewer independent brokers because you know all this compliance it's a lot easier to just focus on one carrier and learn their processes and have their procedures than to try and learn 30 different carriers yeah their needs are so i'm a huge fan i'm a member and on the state board for the national association of insurance and financial advisors and i think that's important they help me stay up to date on Mm -hmm. changes there's a pro act that's coming down the federal pipeline it will change our business in a way that I don't think is in the best interest. They want to try and help us immunize, which I'll go off in the weeds. I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, that's okay. Yeah. And I, I think the thing you brought up there, which is the independence is an important thing because even though that it would be easier maybe to stay with one or two carriers, having that independence there, you can mitigate and limit the conflicts of interest that potentially could arise. I mean, you can't completely eliminate them. That's impossible, but you can limit those as much as possible when you're giving someone advice and doing what's in their best interest. So what do you think is the biggest challenge for you personally right now in your business? I also, like you said, I think we need more women and minorities in this Mm. industry. I think they bring a unique perspective. Um, I think they're usually very compassionate, uh, which is exactly what we need. And Mm. You know, we're few and far between, and I think there's a huge opportunity there for our industry to to educate the next generation and help them plan appropriately. So I am on the advisory board for a couple of university programs for risk management insurance, and that's one of our our big goals. Initiatives, okay. And it seems like it's it seems like one of the things to overcome there is changing the perception for women or minorities that might want to get into the industry, changing that perception that it is unique or specific to a sex or a race or something like that, um, getting over that that misperception. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you talk about insurance and people's eyes blaze over and they don't think of it as a career necessarily, or they think right. like car salesman, but right. <laughs> I love this industry. It's been very good to me. It provides a lot of opportunity and flexibility. So for a woman, especially raising a child, I think it's a great career. Yeah, I would agree. And you're doing it well. So is there a question that I should have asked you 
or would you like to expand on anything that you said earlier? I thought you asked great questions in terms of, you know, the industry as well as me personally. So I really appreciate that. Okay. And I hope that I provided value because, you know, that's the key is providing value, making sure it's worthwhile, you know, spending 30, 45 minutes of somebody's time. We want to make sure they have good takeaways. So it was so good. The time stood still. You have that clock over your shoulder and it stayed the same time. The whole, I know. The whole and it's going backwards too, yeah. right? <laughs> so that's cool. Now, um, <laughs> if people want to, so if people want to learn more about you or your company, what's the best way that they can get in contact with you or find out more about uh, professional benefits? If you want to visit our Facebook page, professional benefits, uh, that's a great way. We probably keep that up to date more than our website. Okay. Media, I know it's huge. Although I think, you know, the, if I said Facebook, a lot of the Z generation is eye rolling right now, but, right. <laughs> and then phone, phone's always easy. We, we answer within two rings. That's our goal. And we always want to respond to questions within 24 hours. That's our, that's also our goal. That's part okay. Of Do you want to share your phone number? Yeah. Thank you. It's a uh, 941-957-1310. And if I'm not there, uh, we've got a great team in place, but if you want to leave me a message, I will get back to you in 24 hours, um, or I hope to get to talk to you, because that's always makes it a fun day. Great. Thank you, Taylor. So I want to say the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you speaking with me today. It's been an honor to interview you. And we've been here with Taylor Collins from Professional Benefits Incorporated. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we raise the retirement confidence of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. See ya. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.